people of the world, welcome once again to the BGM Fight Club. Welcome back to the VGM Fight Club, a VGM podcast where I take a topic, I take two people from the VGM podcasting community, our VGM podcaster themselves, have them create a playlist based on that topic, pit those playlists against each other, and have you, the people, vote to decide who has the better taste in music. I am, once again, your commissioner, The Last Reek and Daryl Bowers. If you top of the show notes, if you hear crying in the background, I apologize. I am currently babysitting my friend's two-month-old child while she is at work, so... You know, uh, most of us that most of the people that listen to the show are also parents themselves, so they'll understand. So I will try to, you know, deal with him as soon as he wakes up or starts crying. But anyway, thank you everyone for being patient while waiting for me to do the show. Um, a few top of the show notes. So normally I do like a bi-weekly schedule for the show. Um, what I think I'm going to do moving forward is I will, whenever I have time to make a show or someone shows interest in being in the show... That's when I will do an episode. Like, I'll still try to keep it within a two-week time frame from the previous episode, just not on as tight of a schedule. Life has gotten a little bit hectic lately, especially with work. So, you know, but still, you guys will still get a full 10-episode season this year. So, bear with me. Other than that, um, not much else to say. Today is a matchup between myself and the one and only Bedroth, the VGM Fight Club champion himself. And it's basically a free-for-all match. No holds barred. Just anything we want to play. Any tracks we have in mind. Like, there's no theme. It's just a straight-up bare-knuckle throwdown, so to say. Uh, ben Roth himself recently closed down Very Good Music, a VGM podcast. Hopefully, these guys will be back. If not, you know, he has other podcasts he does. So, we'll see what happens. Aside from that, though, um, we're just going to get right into the matchup today. Because there's not much else to talk about. Or anything I do have to talk about, I can talk about during the show. But anyway, we're getting to the first round. Now, Bedroth, being the champ, opted to go second each round. So, his tracks will be second, while mine's will be first. So, my first track of the first round comes from the game Guilty Gear X2, the Midnight Carnival hashtag reload for the original Xbox. And it also came out for the PS2. The original composer is Daisuke Ishiwatari. Koichi Seyama, and the track is called Holy Orders Be Just or Be Dead. So here we go, round one. Hope you enjoy.
That was Holy Orders Be Just or Be Dead by from the game Guilty Gear X2 The Midnight Carnival Hashtag Reload, composed by Dai Daisuke Ishibatari and Koichi Sayama. You know, Guilty Gear X2 was like my first basically foray into the Guilty Gear games. I remember my friend Sean, uh, one day he comes over from, you know, he had went to GameStop, he came over, he's like, hey, I found this game inside like the five ten dollar bin at GameStop. You want to give it a try? I'm like, sure. So we popped in, we started playing it, and we instantly fell in love with the game. This was also one of the very first games I played online on Xbox Live when I finally got internet in my house. So uh, the guy, oddly enough, the guy I played against was using Chip Zanuff, and I think I was using Kai Kisuke, so, who is my main, but honestly, like, I'm more of a Faust main than anything. I just use, like, using Kai, because he's the, you know, he's like the opposite of the main, of the main antagonist, is it protagonist or antagonist? Well, the main good guy, sole bad guy of the, you know, series, so, I always like using Kai, but, um... I definitely love this game, and I decided like most of the tracks from games would be from most of the tracks tonight are from games I either love or just games that like appeal to me that I haven't played yet. And I think if I'm correct, at least two games on here I have not played. So, but I love the soundtracks. Anyway, so we're gonna go ahead and keep it moving on to the second round. Well, to the first. Uh, yeah, I am so sorry. <laughs> I'm. Trying not to rush, but at the same time, I kind of want to get the show done because, you know, it's a baby and, like, you know, babies are unpredictable. But anyway, uh, so on to Bedroff's first round pick. He has chosen a track from the game Street Fighter 3 Third Strike Online Edition. The track is composed Knock You Out, which is also known as the menu theme. And the composers are Simon Vickland and Adam Tensta for on vocals. Please enjoy. Welcome to the world of Street Fighter 3 Prepare for battle Knock you out As I stare at myself in the mirror And the noises around me fear No fear for my health, never give up Though the voices around me say It's a long shot, it'll never happen They put their money on that as they laughing I know I'm up against the best, but we fighting in the streets, left, right, right, left. Don't want it. This is what I live for right here. You think I go for it's a light split? Like I don't know what this life is. Yeah. Think again, cause I want no hype is. Ever what they painted up to be. And the underdog is evidently yeah. the one who got more to win. I'ma make it taste the ground, here's my high kid. You know what they say, the third strike is what counts. You know, and you can get it too. Don't think that I can't knock you out. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
counts Ain't you can get it too Don't think that I can't knock you out You know what they say, the third strike is what counts You know hey, you can get it too, don't think that I can't knock you out Knock You Out from the game Street Fighter 3 Third Strike Online Edition. Music composed by Simon Vicklin with vocals done by Adam Tensta. You know, so this is again one of them games that like... Uh, so I originally played the Street Fighter 3 Third Strike on the original Xbox. A friend of mine brought over, I think it was called the Street Fighter Anniversary Edition? 30th Anniversary? 20th Anniversary? I don't remember exactly, but it had this game on it as well as... Um, it came with this game, the Street Fighter movie, Street Fighter 2 the movie, and also uh, I think Street Fighter 2 like HD tournament or whatever it was called at the time, whichever was the most prevalent one at that time before they came out with the Xbox 360 version, HD um, Ultra or whatever. And I remember playing this with my friend Carlos and I really didn't like the game too much. I was like, uh, I don't know, like I guess it didn't grab me at the time. Fast forward to many years, like, I think, like, maybe five or six years later, uh, it got released for the Xbox 360 on Xbox Live Arcade, this version, the online edition. And I remember downloading the demo and playing the crap out of the demo until I was able to get enough money to buy the game itself. And I still have the game, and I play it from time to time whenever my friends or brothers are over. And I really loved playing this game a lot. It was odd enough that from me playing this game is when I started developing like uh, <laughs> a like for Ken and Ryu and started getting my combos down a little bit better in terms of Street Fighter games because I wasn't good with combos. I think the only issue I've always had with this game was that they, I get it, they were going in a different direction, but some of the more some of the more unique characters I wanted to learn had such I guess at least for me such a complex control scheme like. You, know, you got characters like Q and um, Oro and what's that other guy? Uh, the one he kind of throw. Hold on, let me look it up real quick because he's basically like the uh, Guile character because he throws like a one-handed sonic boom, but looks nothing like God. I think his name's Remy. Let me double check. All right, so. Uh, yeah, Remy. Yep. Uh, let's see. Long haired fighter for fans wearing leather jacket, blazed, emblazoned with an Omega. He bears a grudge against all fighters after he and his sisters were abandoned by their father, who decided to go fight. His moveset is similar to that of Guile and Charlie. Yep. So. 
But yeah, this game, um, honestly, it just, when it came out for Xbox, I greatly enjoyed playing it more on Xbox 360 than I did prior to playing this. Plus, in addition to that, it also had a challenge mode where you can go in and do like little training, um, like do like practice working on combos. It gives you challenges like, and one of the challenges on there, I think it's the last one, is the Daigo parry. Which, as we all know, is like Evo moment, I think 37, or I forget what the exact number is. But basically the moment where Daigo parried Justin Wong's Chun-Li with his Ken, when he had like a pixel of health left, and he went to do his um, super combo, and, well, hyper combo, and Daigo parried every hit of Chun-Li's hyper combo, and then countered into a combo, into a hyper combo of his own, like, and from what I read, for every time he parried Chun Li's hit, because it's a multi-hit hyper combo, he had to do like it, like the timing of it had to be precise. Like he basically it was like Daigo unlocked Ultra Instinct before we all even knew what Ultra Instinct was. It was like had to be like within one second of each button press. It's ridiculous. I forget how exactly, but regardless, it was an incredible feat. And if you can pull it off in the you know training mode, hey. But again, like, that's training mode. Like, think about this. This man did this in the heat of battle, like, on the fly. Like, backs, you know, nuts up against the wall, back to the wall, just butt cheeks clenched, just, you know, all on the line. And he pulled it, he pulled this literally out of his behind. So, that's why everyone always talks about Justin Wong. I'm like, nah. Let's talk about the guy that did something like that. Everyone talks about Justin Wong and all the chain. Let's talk about the guy that did something like that. Okay, like to me, Justin Wong just, mm, I don't know, I, I'm not that big a fan of him. Sorry, that's just me. Anyway, we're going to move on to the second round. So, my first pick of the second round, well, my pick for the second round, is from a game that it's on my wish list, and I thought I owned it, but apparently I don't. But I'm going to get around to playing it. This is from the game 30XX. The track is called Main Theme, so this is main title screen theme. And it's composed by City Fires.
we are back. That was main theme from the game 30XX, composed by City Fires. Now, I put I saw this game before and I put it on my wish list and I completely forgot about it. I didn't remember anything about this game until earlier this week when I was listening to the most recent episode of Rhythm and Pixels and Rob played this track while I'm um, talking about games that inspired him and like that would inspire him to make a game of his own. And I remember thinking to myself, like, oh man, I remember why. Because this is set, it's an indie game, but it's set in that 16-bit Nint um, Super Nintendo Sega Genesis graphics that I like. Because, so, allow me to explain. Like, when it comes to indie games, I there's some that are great. There are some that, like, I just honestly shy, shy away from. And I honestly can't stand a lot of indie games because they all do it in the Nintendo style. The 8-bit style. And I'm be honest. That irks the crap out of me. I mean, I just, for the love of God, flipping hate that. Like, I hear John Harrington talk about it all the time, and Team Game of Tune talk about how, like, they want indie developers to start getting around to the PlayStation 1, Nintendo 64 era of graphics with some of these games, where it's like the crappy 3D polygons and stuff like that, and the really crappy map texture and all that stuff. And I agree. I went back to the time of the six. I, I went developers to focus more on 16-bit games like if there was a lot more indie games that were like set with 16-bit graphics oh y'all get my money all the time but it's like most of these developers go for these 8-bit games and everyone goes wild for it and i'm just like eh or i'll hear someone talk like i'll hear one of my fellow podcasters talking about like a game and that's an indie game i'm like oh man that sounds really great let me go look at this and then i'll go look at it i'm like ugh what are these graphics and I know I'm always one to sit there and be like, oh, graphics don't make a game, which is true. But I just honestly, I don't want to play games with Nintendo graphics. Like, I don't I don't want to play games with 8-bit graphics. That's just me. Like, give me some 16-bit Sega Genesis Super Nintendo graphics, okay? And we'll be straight. But anyway, uh, yeah, this I definitely got to get around to getting this game. Like, uh, money's tight as always. Just, you know, we're all struggling out here. But moving on, the Bedroth's pick for his Bedroth second round pick from the game Lethal Enforces for the Sega CD. The track is called Shoot Into the Street. It's composed by Kenichiro Fukoi or Fuki and is arranged by Tapi Iwase.
All right, we are back. That was Shoot Into the Street from the game Lethal Enforces for the Sega CD. Composed by Kanichiro Fukai and arranged by Tapi Owase. You know, I know Lethal Enforces is one of those um, railgun shooter games for the Sega. And I never had a Sega CD and I never actually played this game because I never owned it. I know it came with the uh, the gun light gun powerful which was known as the enforcer which you could use for games like terminator 2 judgment day which was honestly the only railgun shooter i had for the sega genesis or played and honestly i don't think i ever got past like the second or third level of that game one of these days i really need to go back and see if i can like actually beat that game but um uh, because i do have access to it i just haven't played it but like i know a lot of people talk about this game and it sounds like i just i really don't know much about it what I do know about is that the new movie Halloween Ends, which, not a bad movie. Um, I'm giving it a solid 7 out of 10. And the main reason why, because the story for this one, it takes place, I think, I forget how many years after the end of Halloween Kills. Uh... And just the direction the movie went in while was unique and I did like it and I enjoyed it. There were some aspects of it that I was just like, I feel like this is kind of forced slash ham-fisted. Like you guys are just, I, I, I guess you're trying to push this, push this idea on me that I'm not too sure that I like, but yet at the same time, I feel the need to see this through. Like it just, it. Regardless, it was a great movie in terms of the Halloween franchise. There have been worse movies. But this one was pretty good. I give it a 7 out of 10. I would recommend it to anyone that likes the Halloween franchise. Like, if you like these movies, that, or if you've seen the first two, definitely go watch it. If you haven't seen the first two, I would suggest watching the first two. Halloween, Halloween Kills, and then Halloween Ends before watching Halloween Ends. Because if you start watching Halloween Ends, you're not going to understand a dang thing that's going on. And I think that's why I give it a 7 out of 10. Because most of the Halloween movies, you get the premise. Oh, Michael Myers, he's going around, he's killing people. But if you don't watch the first two movies, you're not really going to understand what exactly is going on. Like, you'll understand, but there's certain points you're like, huh? Like, okay, so... Just, I honestly feel like this movie makes it so you have no choice but to watch the first two. Just to be able to get the full scope of what they're going for. So that's why it gets a 7 out of 10. Uh, I will say it had some interesting kills in the movie. Especially one involving a blowtorch. Oh my goodness. Whew. This movie. But anyway. Yeah. 7 out of 10. Would recommend. But anyway. Moving on to the third round. Speaking of threes. So. My first track is from a game that I wholeheartedly love and enjoy. And really need to play the um complete edition it's from the game scott pilgrim versus the world the game the track is called rock club and this is composed by anamanaguchi
All right, we are back. That was Rock Club from the game Scott Pilgrim vs. The World, The Game, composed by Anna Monaguchi. So, oddly enough, when Scott, when I first got introduced to Scott Pilgrim vs. The World, it was from YouTube. Like, I saw a trailer for the live-action movie, and I was like, what is this? This looks awesome. Like, this looks, like, right up my alley. How did I not know about this? And then I mentioned something to my friend Jija, and her eyes get wide with excitement, just like it did when she first introduced me to anime and Shonen Jump. Well, I knew about anime, but when she first introduced me to Shonen Jump and Naruto and One Piece, she's like, Dude, you don't know about Scott Pilgrim vs. the World? So then she pulls out all these books. I start reading the books. I uh, Then they announced a game was coming out for it. I played the demo of the game, and it played just like those old side-scrolling beat-em-ups I loved from when I was a kid. It was in 16, it was in chiptune, like, it had an awesome soundtrack. Uh, I don't know if you could call Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, like, 16-bit graphics, but definitely played, like, River City Ransom, especially with the upgrade system and the money system and things like that. Regardless, I was in love with this game, and I'm still in love with this game. And I always found it incredible that, like, so the game originally had a thing where you couldn't play online. It wanted to force the whole idea of couch co-op, which I thought was dope. And then... Fast forward, I think like a year and a half later, they introduced DLC, where you could play as, I think, um, Wallace Wells. And in addition to that, you were also able to um, play online. So I was just all in at that point. And then, what was it? I think, was it last year or earlier this year, they re-released the complete edition of Scott Pilgrim vs. World for all current gen consoles. Because for a while, it was it got taken off the um, Xbox Live and PlayStation Network. So you couldn't play, unless, the only way you could play the game is if you originally owned it on your 360 or PS3. But now we have access to play it on PS4, Xbox One, Steam, Switch. I have it for the Switch, and I think for the Xbox One as well. Because, why not? Like, I've done that a lot lately with certain games. Like, I have Shredder's Revenge on the Switch, but I play it for the on the Game Pass on the Xbox One. Because... That's where me and my sons beat it on Game Pass. A lot of times, I'll get certain games that's on both systems between the Switch or the Xbox on one system over the other or on both. It all depends on, like, case in point, I got for the Xbox One because I have more controllers for the Xbox One. With the Switch, I don't have as many controllers other than my two Joy-Cons and my one Pro controller. So, And granted, yes, I do have a GameCube adapter, but having to get it out and dealing with the wires... Yes, I'm bougie, I know. But regardless, I love this game. It's definitely a great time. If you ever have, like, four friends who have got nothing better to do and you have this game, you definitely should play it with friends because it's so much better. But anyway, I'm done. Let, let me stop gushing about Scott Pilgrim vs. The World. Move on to Bedroth's third-round pick. It's from the game Paradise Killer, but I... So, I know the game Paradise Killer, but this is called Paradise Killer B-Sides. And the track is called About That. And it's composed by Barry Epoch, Epoch Topping with vocals by Fiona Lynch.
We're back. That was about that from the game Paradise Killer, but this is like Paradise Killer B-Sides, so I guess it's an album or soundtrack. Composed by Barry Epoch, Epoch Topping and with vocals by Fiona Lynch. I don't know much about this game. I've heard people talk about it. I believe it's like a first-person detective story where you have to go around solving like your own murder or something. I think there's a time loop aspect of it. It, it, I think it's definitely an indie game, if I'm not for sure, but I've heard good things about the soundtrack. Many people have played tracks on it on this show and other shows, so maybe I'll give it a look-see one of these days if it comes on Game Pass, because let me make this clear. There's a lot of games I refuse to play unless they're on Game Pass for the simple fact of I just don't see myself dropping like 20, 30, 40, 50 bucks on a game like this. Just not happening. Like, I... I'm of the mindset that there were some games where they're worth a certain price tag, others are not. Case in point, uh, Gotham Knights will be coming out this upcoming Friday, the 21st. And I'm on the fence about whether or not I want to get it, because I do love the Batman games like Arkham Knight, Arkham Asylum, Arkham City, well, Arkham City, Arkham Asylum. Oh, wait, no, I did that wrong. It went Arkham Asylum first, then Arkham City, then Arkham Knight. And while I do love those games, it's like, once you're done beating them, what else is there to do? So it's just one of the things like you got to kind of think to yourself like what exactly like is worth your money? Like is it worth the $60 price tag? Is it worth the $50 price tag? Because honestly that's how I take from it. Like how much am I going to enjoy this? Like I look over here at my shelf. Um, and there's games on here who I haven't played yet but I paid a certain price for and I'm like you know I'm pretty sure it's worth the price tag or whatever. So. Again, just if it's on like if it comes on Game Pass, maybe I'll give it a shot. Other than that, I don't see it. That's like I'm playing through Deathloop right now, and I'll be enjoying it. And I want to try. Uh, let's see what games are playing. Still playing Fuga Memories of Steel. I'm currently doing my Dead Space uh, walkthrough, Dead Space playthrough for October on Impossible difficulty. I'm uh, playing Proteus Scorn. I was, I think it's called Moonshade, but I just was like, yeah, I'm just going to back away from this. So, and like I said, Deathloop as well. So, but Deathloop is pretty fun. But anyway, moving on to our first, fourth round. So, once again, like I said, I chose tracks from games that like, I really liked and the music stuck with me for this episode. Like, there was really no, like, it's just like, man, I, like this music, like it takes me back. So, uh, this track, I've played it before on the show, and it was on my very first episode, which, by the way, this technically is our two-year celebration of the show. I didn't do a Fighter's Lounge edition show because I've been really busy, but yeah, this show has been alive for two years, so kind of consider this a two-year celebration thing. So, a lot of tracks I'm playing are reminiscent of, think of VGM that has brought great wonderful memories to me every time i hear the song i just i'm transported back to a certain time so a lot of nostalgia for me this episode anywho uh this track is from the game marvel vs. capcom clash of superheroes the track is called captain commando well this is the captain commando theme but it is arranged the original composer is masato kuda yuko takahara and the arrangement is done by mr destructor 90 
And we are back. That was the Captain Commando theme arranged from the game Marvel vs. Capcom Clash of Superheroes. Composed by Masato Koda, Yuko Takahara, and with the arrangement done by Mr. Destructor90. Now, let me explain something. When I first... So, I live in Pennsylvania. Uh, I live in the capital of Pennsylvania, Harrisburg, PA. Well, not right now, but I grew up in Harrisburg, PA. So, when I lived in Harrisburg, PA, I, which where I currently live at right now isn't that far from, but anyway, there was a pizza shop called Sorrento's. It's still there to this day. And Sorrento's had inside of it, you know, they would have different arcade cabinets in there from time to time. Uh, a few times I walked in there, there was, uh, what? There was Tekken 2. And then one day, I walk in with my brother, David. And, well, yeah, we went in one day with my mom. And, you know, it was me, my brother, David, and my brother, Dan. We were in there getting something to eat. And lo and behold, there was Marvel vs. Capcom. I'm looking at this game like, wait, hold on. Wait, that's Mega Man. That's Spider-Man. That's Venom. And, like, me and my brother, David, like, like, holy crap, what is this? You know, we asked my mom, of course, she gave us scores when we started playing it. And this theme was one of the themes that would play during the demo of the game. You know, like how arcade games used to have a demo. Like, before you put a quarter in, it's just like, you know, it'd be like, Heroes don't use drugs, and then you do the whole little thing. Marvel versus Capcom, Clash of Superheroes, and they have like a demo of the characters fighting. And Captain Commando theme was a theme that played constantly and just got stuck in my head and always reminds me of a you know, those good times. And then somewhere down the road, they got the Marvel vs. Capcom 2 cabinet in. And while it didn't have the Captain Commando theme in it, and I was going to play a track from Marvel vs. Capcom 2 on this show, Captain Commando theme just always stuck with me. And it was like my ringtone for like the longest of times when I had a cell phone. So, well, back when I like, when cell phones got better with their ringtones. But regardless, just... And the weird thing is, I don't even use Captain Commando. I don't. I rarely play with them. I tried them once. I was like, eh, this guy isn't for me. But anyway, so moving on. Bedroth, fourth round pick. Uh-oh, it looks like the little guy's waking up. It looks like this is a remix from the game Mega Man X. And I think this is the Spark Mandrill remix. The track itself is called Rockman X Yuri Spark Mandriller O Yuchi Konda Mita. Okay, that's a mouthful. Originally composed by Makoto Tomozawa, this remix is done by someone named Bress Prower.
Alright, we're back. That track was from the game Mega Man X. It's a remix, I believe, of the Spark Mandrel stage theme. Composed by Makoto Tomozawa, the remix be done by Breast Prower. You know, I will say this, and this isn't me taking a shot at Bedroth, but I am so tired of hearing this track. Everybody plays the Spark Mandrel theme. I'm like, enough. Like, there's like all kinds of other robot masters, and I get a Spark Mandrel theme is dope. Like, I was expecting a Snake Man theme if he was going to play a Mega Man track, but nah, we got Spark Mandrel. I'm just so tired of Spark Mandrel. I really am. Like, honestly, one of these days I need to go through and play all the Mega Man games. I've beaten 1 to 7, but I haven't beaten 8, 9, 10, 11. And I've beaten Mega Man X 1, 2, and I think I was almost done with 3. I know I've beaten 4. I still need to beat X5, X6, X7, and I think it stopped at X8, but don't quote me on that, but like, just, I mean, regardless, it was a good track, I just, I'm tired of Spark Mandrel theme, like, just, that's like one of these days I feel like I've got to ban Spark Mandrel, just like I banned the Guile theme, because I remember when the show first began, our first season, we had like three different versions of the Guile theme played on the show, it was ridiculous. I mean, I get it, Guile's theme goes with everything, but man, enough is enough. <laughs> but anyway, we're moving on to the final round of the night. What do me and Bedroth have in store for each other? Well, I've chosen a track from a game that I have yet to play, but I am very excited to play once I get my hands on it. The track is called the character, this is the character select screen theme from the game DNF Duel. It's composed by Jung Jung-gul.
We are back. That was Character Select Screen Theme from the game DNF Duel, composed by Jung Young-gul. Now, you got some of you may not know of the game Dungeon Fighter. Some of you may know about it. But DNF Duel is basically the characters from the game Dungeon Fighter put into a fighting game. Dungeon Fighter was like an online side-scrolling beat-em-up that, you know, various people could pick up and play with various characters. You had, uh, I think, what was it? The Gunslinger, or Gunner. Um, you had your uh, Warrior Knight. Everyone has different classes. Like, this game, for instance, has... How many classes is in this game? I gotta look it up real quick. Right. Mind you, this game just came out this year. So the character classes are Berserker, Crusader, Dragonite, Enchantress, Ghostblade, Grappler, Hitman, Inquisitor, Kunuichi, Kunuichi Launcher, Ranger, Striker, Swiftmaster, Troubleshooter, Vanguard, and apparently you can unlock uh, one other character that's the final boss, but I don't want to ruin it for anyone. So, but regardless, this is a game like I am really looking forward to get my hands on because it's just it's such a good game like and it looks great and beautiful in the soundtrack obviously it's awesome but i've played dungeon fighter before not only on the computer but they came out with a version for it on dungeon fighter live for the original xbox 360 and i remember playing that thing straight for like a good two months and then i stopped playing it because not many people were getting on and playing it so it was just like oh great i bought this game for nothing because i have no one to play with and it's a game that while you can play by yourself, the original Dungeon Fighter, it's better with friends. And, you know, just not much else I can say about that. But regardless, I can't wait till I get a hold of this game because, man, I just really love, like, games like these. And I believe it's developed by, let's see. Da -da -da. Yep, Arc System Works. Like, Arc System Works, man. Like, they announced they're making a game, and I'm just like, yes, yes, give me that good Arc System Works heroin. Give me that good stuff, because, man, what they did with the Dragon Ball series, it just, whew. I remember someone was talking about, like, give Arc System, actually, we were talking about this in the uh, crossover episode, crossover edition of the Fighters Lounge, where we're like, hey, Capcom no longer has the chops to make a good X-Men fighting game or Marvel fighting game. Give it to Arc Systems. They'll make it work. And I completely agree. Arc Systems... Ah, uh, just... Can we get an Arc Systems Marvel fighting game? Please. Arc Systems Marvel, if you're listening, please. Can we get this? Probably not. But hey, one could hope. I'm also wondering when the hell we're getting the next Street Fighter game. Because the 30th anniversary of Mortal... I mean, not Street Fighter. Um, Mortal Kombat. Because the 30th anniversary of Mortal Kombat just recently came up and passed. And Ed Boon's been tweeting stuff. And it's like... Alright, are we going to announce a new game, or what's going on? What, what are y'all doing at NetherRealm? Because we didn't get no new DLC, there's nothing going on with Mortal Kombat 11. Can we get something? Okay, just, just, what are you up to, Ed? What you got going on? Anyway, moving on to Bedroth's last pick of the night. From the game Ease 1 and 2 Chronicles, the track is called To Make the End of Battle. Composed by Yuzo Koshiro and arranged by Yukihiro Jindo. So yeah, uh, looks like the champ is coming from my throat with this track. Here we go.
right, we are back. That was To Make the End of Battle from the game Ease 1 and 2 Chronicles, composed by Yuzo Koshiro and arranged by Yukihiro Jindo. You know, I've never played any of the Ease games, but I was looking at gameplay footage of these, and I was like, wow, these look really fun. They're, I'm thinking, like, I'm thinking this whole time they're like your traditional JRPG where it's turn-based balances, but no, this is an action RPG series, and I'm just like, okay. I might have to get a hold of the most recent edition of this game and or at least maybe try from the if I'm able to play the older versions and then work my way up to the newer version. I don't know if the story's like I don't know if the story follows it or you have to play previous versions to understand what's going on, but you know, I will ask Pernell because of Rhythm Pixels because Pernell is definitely a fan of this series and knows all about it. But like otherwise, um definitely gotta look into this because these games look fun. But anyway. So that's the end of the show, and we're going to get a part of the show I like to call Sudden Death. My favorite part of the game. <laughs> sudden Death. The Sudden Death part of the show is in the, in the case of a tie. The opponents will have one last chance to secure victory via votes on their Sudden Death track. So, what have... What has me and Bedroth? What have me and Bedroth brought to our sudden death? I have chosen a track based off of listening to uh, XVGM Radio. Uh, recently, they did an episode with Kung Fu Carlito about the X Men games, which I totally loved that episode. And he brought to my attention, like, because Carlito, like me, is a fan of Cyclops, and I completely forgot. Yeah, completely forgot about the game X-Men Mutant Apocalypse on the Super Nintendo. So I chose a track from that game, and this is Theme of Cyclops, but this is the Sega Genesis Remix version. Originally composed by Setsuo Yamamoto, and the remix is done by The Legend of Renegade.
we are back. That was Theme of Cyclops, Sega Genesis Remix, from the game X-Men Mutant Apocalypse. Release was composed by Setsuo Yamamoto, and the remix being done by The Legend of Renegade. Now, originally, I was going to choose this track to be my final track for my round 5 pick, but I kind of figured, like, this might end in a tie, so I need an ace in the hole. So this is my ace in the hole. Um, this game is basically a side-scrolling beat-em-up where basically how it goes is you pick an X-Men, one of five, you can choose Gambit, Wolverine, Beast, Psylocke, and Cyclops. And you travel through each level, uh, each one has their own individual level, and they take on, you know, bad guys and also a boss at the end of the level. So, kind of reminiscent of X-Men, Spider-Man and the X-Men Arcade's Revenge, but better. <laughs> much, much, much better. That game, uh Again, I call, again, like I said, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the next generation effect, I mean, the next mutation effect, where basically you're so happy just to have something of a certain property that within that moment you don't realize how crappy it is until you get older and it's something from, something from that licensed property, something else from that licensed property comes out for it that is 10 times better that makes you realize how crappy a game is. And the worst part is, I remember renting Spider-Man and the X-Men Arcade's Revenge from Blockbuster and just thinking, oh, this is such a fun game, and then becoming an adult and emulating it and thinking, what the hell was I thinking when I played this? <laughs> but anyway, so, what has Sir Bedroth brought to uh, this? But, um, oh, wow. But yeah, the game itself, uh, X-Men Mutant Apocalypse. If you ever get a chance to play it, emulate it, whatever... Definitely worth your time. It is dope. It's one of the few, uh, you know, Capcom had this thing where they were putting out a lot of Marvel games, and a good bit of them made it to the Super Nintendo over the Sega Genesis. Uh, I know the Sega Genesis, we had um, the Punisher arcade beat em up. I know, uh, let's see, Super Nintendo had Marvel War of the Gems and this uh, X Men Mutant Apocalypse both made by Capcom so regardless all three are good games definitely play them if you get a chance moving on and actually Marvel War of the Gems played just like X-Men Mutant Apocalypse where you chose one of five Marvel heroes which was Iron Man Captain America Hawkeye Spider-Man and the Incredible Hulk so those are also fun games moving on Bedroth has brought the track from one of my favorite characters. Again, I think this man's just throwing low blows. He's really trying to go for my throat. The track is called The Bat, which I believe is a medley of stages 1 to 6 from the game Batman Return of the Joker. Original composer is Naoki Kodaka, with the remix being done by Astral Tales.
That was The Bat, a medley of the stages 1 to 6 from the game Batman Return of the Joker, composed by Naoki Kodaka, remixed by Astro Tales. And when I first saw this track, I thought like it was from the game Batman Return of the Joker for, well, Batman Beyond Return of the Joker for the Nintendo 64. Not that great of a game either. Like, but here it's not. It's from the Nintendo. It's from the Nintendo Entertainment System. So I really need to try to get a hold of play this as well as the original Batman. Which, by the way, hey, um, Nintendo. So Nintendo Online. How about putting some of these games on there, huh? What do you say? Eh, 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 eh. I mean, we got Double Dragon too. Why can't we get the Batman games? Are, well, then again, I have the Cowabunga Collection, so I can play the original Ninja Turtles game, regardless. Also, the damn level is not as hard as I remember it being. Like, it still isn't that hard. Like, when I was a kid, it wasn't hard. As an adult, it's still not hard. I hear people talk about how hard the damn level is, and to me, it's not that hard. Maybe it's just me. Who knows? I even put up a video of it up on my YouTube page, uh, the next save point, if you want to check it out, of me going through the damn level. Anywho, um, thank you to everyone for listening to the show. I greatly appreciate, you know, I've been doing the show for two years, and I appreciate anyone and everyone that listens to the show, that participates, that's votes, that's been on the show, that's, you know, giving the show shout-outs, which that reminds me, um, Mr. Purnell Vaughn, you were on the VG Embassy recently after your trip to Retro World, and you said the only thing about my show that kind of grinds you or kind of gets you is that the lot, the you know, the freedom to play covers and remixes. And, good sir, I'm sorry. Do, do, it sounds like you, you have a problem with my show, so tell you what. You're more than welcome to come on here and catch this fade. Get this work. Get this smoke. Because I want the smoke, Purnell. I want all the smoke. See, you and Jesse and other people keep throwing little jabs at my show. I'm going to show you all. I got a list, okay? If I win the VGM Fight Club Championship from Bedrock this show, oh, trust me, I'm going to start working on that list very soon. On that, though, uh, as I said, thank you to everyone that listens to the show. I think what I'm going to do for this episode, because it'll be up, well, I'm posting, it's Sunday, so I'll be done editing in a little bit after I check on little guy over here. And I think I'm going to let the voting run till the 22nd and like we'll see if we have a tie or not so the 22nd i'm gonna say 5 p.m in the afternoon annette like i said thank you everyone for the past two years of this show i greatly appreciate it because there's been times where i considered canceling the show or closing up shop because i thought interest in the show wasn't that great anymore or people just weren't listening or maybe it lost its um Maybe it's lost its allure. And maybe and that may be the case. But I don't want to stop podcasting. So maybe I'll keep doing the show. Or maybe I'll just change up the theme of the show to something else. An idea that I've been kicking around in my head for a while. So I'm waiting to see how this season ends. But regardless, um, once again, thank you to everyone that participates. I really don't have a bonus track to play. I will figure something out as a surprise for you guys at the end of the show. But... Um, as always, you can reach me at vgmfightclub at hotmail.com or hit me up in Discord, you know, vote in Discord as well. The link will be in the show notes. Not much else to say other than Bedroth, 
thank you for the matchup and may the best man win and with that i'm gonna leave out with the words of kenny omega thank you and good night and as always wu-tang forever there's some bonus tracks for you people hope you enjoy have a good night